As Michigan's most powerful and influential voice for business, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce stands ready to serve you. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com to learn more now. Good evening, Michigan. Today is our state's 185th birthday, and to celebrate, we're at Detroit Diesel, built in 1938. Last week, near Rouge Park on Detroit's west side, Governor Gretchen Whitmer gave her fourth State of the State address. It's the annual moment when a governor shares a message with the legislature. Typically, it's when they lay out their successes and outline their plans for the year. While 2021 wasn't as miraculous as any of us wanted, we have made progress. And this year is an election year in which Whitmer is seeking a second term. But she's got her work cut out for her, even as her choice of venue near Detroit shows. Right now, healthcare professionals are working hard to keep us safe as Omicron surges. She normally delivers a speech in the House chamber, but she went remote for the second year in a row because of a near record number of COVID-19 cases in the state. And pandemic aside, Michiganders have some major issues to grapple with. So what are the top issues you're looking at to assess our governor and determine whether you're going to vote for her this fall? I guess like the most important usually is like schools, um, schools and taxes. When you say schools, what do you mean? Is, is um, schooling, it... like the funding, at the different programs that they're doing. Criminal reform. Boomer is also fighting low job ratings and her challengers are coming for her. You know, so that all of that means there's an opening for for Republicans. They really believe she's vulnerable and she potentially is vulnerable. On this episode, we get into the state of Whitmer's reelection bid, talk to voters, discuss the key issues on our plate and assess the stakes of November's election. I'm Carrie Jr. The second. And this is On the Line. My name is Paul Egan, and I cover uh, state government for the Detroit Free Press. I work out of the Free Press Lansing Bureau. How are you, Paul? You do- Are you doing well? I am. How are you, Carrie? I am well. I can't complain. Thanks again for taking the time, Paul, and for being on. Uh, so this November, Michigan will elect its governor uh, for the next four years. Uh, but we've got a Democratic incumbent trying to keep her seat, and she just had a state of the state speech can you set the conditions for Governor Gretchen Whitmer this year? What do these next eight to nine months look like for her? Sure, Carrie. So in some ways, the governor has a lot going for her. She's she's always been a pretty popular figure. She made national headlines when she stood up to former President Trump over his handling of the pandemic. I think the biggest threat to the American people is the American president right now. And it's devastating, and I do not relish saying that. And that gained her a very strong following, particularly among women in Michigan. One of the other strong things that, that Governor Whitmer has going for her is right now the state has an almost, un, well, really an unprecedented amount of spare cash. The surplus is literally in the billions of dollars, a combination of federal stimulus money and higher than anticipated state tax revenue. So, you know, when you have an election year and a lot of money to play with, that's obviously a very good thing for an incumbent governor. 
you know, if you if you go back to the last Michigan governor who was defeated looking for a second term, you actually have to go back 60 years to 1962. There, there's another way to look at history, though. The, the sort of the political situation nationally is the worst that you can have for an incumbent governor in Michigan. And right now, Joe Biden is in office. What tends to happen in the midterms, the the party in power nationally tends to, to take a beating. That's a bad situation for, for Governor Whitmer, especially when you consider uh, President Biden's approval ratings are not very good right now. Uh, he's got about 42% approval ratings based on, you know, 538's aggregation of the various polls. Um, that's not very good. Where does Whitmer stand in her ratings? Yeah, so Carrie, in terms of people having a positive impression of Governor Whitmer, polls show most people do more than more than um, 50%, you know, they like her, basically. But when you look at her job approval numbers, how well she's doing her job, the most uh, recent poll that the Free Press published from Epic MRA, I believe, had uh, just over 50% of people did not think she was doing a good job. So again, Wimmer just had her State of the State speech. What do we hear from her there? And what does it tell us about how she's approaching the coming months and election cycle? Well, like really all governors do in their state of the state, uh, Governor Whitmer um, spent a fair bit of time talking about what she sees as uh, the successes of her first term. And she talked about, you know, massive increases for K-12 school funding. We made the largest education investment in state history without raising taxes. Uh, She mentioned, you know, the auto insurance rebates. Um, she didn't talk a lot about the pandemic. She mentioned um, um, some measures to, you know, to put more money in in uh, people's pockets. And and this, in a way, is Governor Whitmer's way of addressing a huge concern people have right now with, with inflation. What sort of feedback did Whitmer get from that address on all sides? Yeah, it was, uh, I would say it was generally... Uh, positive, even for example, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce, which tends to be, uh, you know, a very conservative group that tends to support Republican candidates, they like the fact that she was looking at some tax relief, that they hoped she would work across the aisle with Republicans. You, there are also some Republicans, you know, voicing concerns about, you know, spending too much of this money now because. It's really a lot of it is one-time money. It's not going to be around, and and once it's gone, that uh, you know Michigan could be back in a in a bad financial situation again. Additionally, Republican Governors Association spokesman Chris Gustafson, in a statement to the Free Press, went in on Whitmer, particularly on roads falling into disrepair, job losses, and a controversial report of underreported COVID nineteen deaths at long term care facilities. Stealing the phrasing from Whitmer's pledge to fix the damn roads, he said, quote, simply put, Whitmer is unfit for the job and Michigan families will vote to fire the damn governor in November, end quote. Meanwhile, Whitmer's camp said they'd let Whitmer's speech speak for itself. She talked about the thousands of miles of road fixed under her watch and jobs added in the last year. Also, an auditor general report reignited backlash around the long term care facilities. The auditor's office has since said the term underreported isn't fair. For more on that, check out our show notes this week. But for now, let's get into it.
what do you see are the key issues on Whitmer's plate this year? What is she up against if she wants to hold her seat? Well, basically, Carrie, I, I think I think there's like probably, you know, four things that that that, that she needs to be worried about. Number one, people are sick of the pandemic. Well, that's a big issue. Two, you know, um, you know, Biden's on on popularity right now, his low approval ratings, and three, inflation, it's high. People don't like it. They feel like their money's not going as far as it used to. More of something that, you know, somebody in federal office has a little more power to control, but the governor could take a backlash for that. And then, you know, for parents and and students. I want to be crystal clear. Students belong in school. The governor has been coming out pretty strongly in recent weeks, trying to get more of, you know, the schools, particularly in the big cities, back in the classroom. We know it's where they learn best. Remote learning is not as fulfilling or conducive to a child's growth. That's where she's running into some resistance from one of her strongest constituencies, like the Michigan Education Association Teachers Union, American uh, Federation of Teachers. Uh, they were unhappy. She recently passed a, a piece of legislation that allows um, support staff to fill in for uh, fill in for teachers because there's such a teacher shortage right now. Certainly the teachers feel like, yeah, we want to be back in the classroom too, but they, you know, they have some ideas about when it's safe that, that may not always match. I see. Uh, I wanted to get into these points more. Let's start with the governor's uh, COVID response. We're going into really a third year of a pandemic and people are sick of it. They're tired of it. And when people are unhappy, they often take that out on the incumbent in who's in office right now. Governor Whitmer brought out some very tough restrictions early in the pandemic, uh, you know, um, stay home, um, restricted a lot of activities that people could do. Governor Whitmer has backed off from a lot of those strict measures. Now, the, the Republicans that were so vehemently against those measures, you know, she's not going to win them over by sort of backing off on a lot of those tough measures. But at the same time, some of her strongest Democratic supporters are a little unhappy that she's not more aggressive, where she may be gaining some additional support with her different approach to the pandemic today is among independents, people that were a little bit on the middle. They take the, they take the pandemic seriously, but they weren't sure, you know, that people should be should be required to uh, get vaccinated. They weren't sure that people should be required to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, what is, what has she said is her motivation for why she's not approaching the pandemic currently the way she did at the at the onset last year? Or, oof, wow, my goodness, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, her, her major reason is that she really doesn't think it would be effective anymore. I, I want to go to Biden. I believe when we were speaking before, you mentioned Whitmer trying to distance herself from Biden in order to fix that issue with his approval ratings. Um, how is she doing that? Well, a couple of ways. I mean, I should preface this by saying Governor Whitmer and President Biden are very close allies, and that's that's not going to change. I mean, um, she was one of his biggest campaign supporters. There were, and There were talks of her being vice president, potentially, wasn't there? Absolutely. He, she was on the short list. So you can't get you can't get much closer than that. On the other hand, though, because his approval ratings are low and because Governor Whitmer is facing reelection this year, 
she doesn't want to be seen as being overly close to him. And we've seen a couple of things on that. Uh, President Biden had been pushing vaccine mandates for employers with more than 100, 100 employees. Governor Whitmer made some comments about how she was concerned about that. And Whitmer did later kind of kind of walk her comments back a little bit. Uh, there was another recent example where uh, Governor Whitmer separated herself from President Biden. Uh, the last time President Biden visited Michigan, uh, Governor Whitmer had a meeting in California. Is that the Factory Zero visit that Biden did? Yeah. So back in November, when President Biden visited Detroit. God, it's good to be back in Detroit. To, uh, to go to GM's electric vehicle assembly plant. Uh, Governor Whitmer had meetings with high-tech officials to try to address the semiconductor shortage. Um, coincidence? You know, possibly. But, you know, if a governor knows the president's coming and really wants to be with him, she can rearrange her schedule, and that didn't happen. After the break, Republican challengers, inflation, what Detroiters have to say, and some likely wins on the horizon for Whitmer. As Michigan's leading statewide business advocacy organization, the Michigan Chamber of Commerce is on the job every day standing up for job providers in the legislative, political, and legal arenas. We are the unified voice of thousands of members who employ over one million Michiganders. We work with trade associations and local chambers of commerce of every size and kind in all 83 counties of the state. We know business in Michigan. Learn more today about how we can protect, connect, and strengthen your business. Whether that's advocating on your behalf at the Capitol, helping meet your informational training and networking needs, or boosting your bottom line visibility and voice, we're on the job for you. Make my chamber your chamber. Go to mychamber.com, that's M-I-C-H-A-M-B-E-R.com, to learn more now. We're back, talking with Free Press State Politics reporter Paul Egan about some of the key issues he says should be on Governor Gretchen Whitmer's radar ahead of this year's election. I'm Kerry Jr. the second. This is on the line. Woo! I'm walking outside in these frigid temperatures. I went out on the street Monday evening to just talk to people, ask them what they thought were important issues, and also provide the four that you outlined to see if they felt the same way. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and particularly with inflation, I brought that up, and I had one individual. That's, yeah, that's not in her control. Like she, yeah, that's beyond her control. People will hear inflation and go like, how is she going to affect inflation? Uh, but can you explain uh, what this means and how this is perceived as an issue that she can address? The governor of one state, really, she can't control the economy. She can't control you know, the Fed. So she really can't control inflation. But one thing she can do is try to counter inflation by putting more money in people's pockets. And so um, she announced, um, of course, this all has to be approved by the legislature, but she wants 
a tripling of the earned income tax credit. And that's a tax credit that low income workers uh, can receive that, uh, that would put some more money in their pocket. She touted the auto insurance rebate, $400 per insured vehicle. And then there's, of course, the the pension tax. And, and, and these, these were actually taxes that were brought in by her, by her Republican predecessor in the Republican legislature. Um, she says that repealing those, those taxes on retirement income will put about $1,000 into the pockets of about 500,000 eligible seniors in Michigan. So in a way, I mean, knowledgeable voters you know, know that really there isn't very much that the governor of Michigan can do about, about, about inflation, but it still can kind of affect the general mood of the electorate. It's, you know, it's like, do you feel better off than you did four years ago? You'll get messages like that from the Republicans. Are you better off than you were four years ago? And people will, well, you know, no, actually my money isn't going as far as it used to. So, you know, it doesn't really need to be something that's directly in her control for it to affect, you know, for affect messaging in the election and also to affect, you know, voter turnout and even voter conduct, whether they vote for her or not. Some of the voters I spoke with uh, raised concerns like health care, criminal justice reform. And you spoke about this earlier, but school funding. Has Wilmer said anything pertaining to those issues? Well, Certainly on health care, I mean, she's done a lot to, um, you know, to continue the, the Medicaid expansion that began under, you know, under President Obama, basically. One of the things that she addressed in her state of the state address was, you know, mental health. That Nearly 40 percent of Michiganders do not get treatment for their mental illness. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's related to the pandemic. One of the things she announced in her state of the state address was to um, expand a loan repayment program for mental health professionals to try to attract and retain more uh, mental health workers. She, you know, along with the legislature, done a lot on criminal justice reform, um, you know, expungement legislation, getting rid of things that prevented people from uh, keeping their driver's licenses. Um, there has been there has been a fair bit done in that area of criminal justice reform, but not so much in the area of prison reform. How likely then is it that these proposals that she's made during her state of the state speech, how likely is it that they will pass? And is it that she's just hopeful that the gesture alone will be enough to say to voters, hey, this is what I'm fighting for? I think the repeal of the pension tax is very likely to pass. Um, I think I think it would be very difficult for Republicans not to approve that measure. Earned income tax credit, again, I think we may see more, more complications with that. I mean, you may have some negotiations go on between the governor and the legislature. Let's remember they're up for re-election too. So, you know, what we may see is some kind of tax relief package that includes, you know, most of what the governor has called for, but may include, you know, possibly some other measures that that Republicans, you know, might want. Will we see the effects of this spending in time for people to use that as motivation uh, on how they decide who they want to be governor moving forward? Yeah, that's a good question. Like the repeal of the pension tax, as, as Governor Whitmer proposed, it would take a number of years actually to be fully implemented anyway. You know, around um, March or April, we're going to see 
uh, $400 checks coming from our insurance companies for each vehicle that we have insured. So, you know, that's one that you can pretty much take to the bank, but some of the other measures are really going to depend on legislative action. The legislature is controlled by Republicans. They may have an incentive to slow walk some of this stuff. Well, let's talk about the race in, in the Republican field that is going to challenge Whitmer's seat. Um, who are Whitmer's challengers? Sure. First of all, there's there's actually 13 candidates, which is which is an extremely large number. It is. Too big to go through all of them today, but briefly, Detroiters will already know former police chief James Craig. There's been polling done where, you know, put him in a head-to-head matchup with uh, Governor Whitmer. His name recognition is not great, but it's better than the other candidates. What can really change that is if, you know, these the self-funding millionaires that have just entered the race. Those are Kevin Rinke and Perry Johnson. Separately, a chiropractor Garrett Saldano was running. He made headlines this week for his comments on abortions for rape survivors. And then there's businesswoman Tudor Dixon, who has served as a conservative TV commentator. She has some ties to uh, to President Trump. You know, the big question in the Republican uh, race is is who's going to uh, who's going to get President Trump's uh, endorsement. And you know, she's among the ones that, that may actually get it. Crowded field, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's a very crowded field, but you know, a lot of the messaging is is pretty similar. Just you know, very strong against abortion rights, very strong against a lot of the measures that uh, that Governor Whitmer um, uh, took uh, early on in the pandemic to address the pandemic. Now we are going to see that start to to whittle down pretty soon because some of these these candidates really haven't been able to raise any kind of money at all. Why is this an important conversation? How does this impact Michiganders? Well, it's certainly, it's an important election. You know, some people are, are actually worried that the nation is, is in danger of, you know, of really splitting up, of losing our democracy. And we've seen certain attempts to reduce the ability to vote. You know, we saw in the last election, we had boards of canvassers splitting along partisan lines and saying, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to certify this result. So there's a lot of issues of of democracy at state. And and there's, you know, there's just the economy. Where do we go post pandemic? How do we ever get out of this pandemic? It seems like there's more riding on this election in a lot of ways. Um, in terms of uh, what direction the country is going to go and obviously what direction the state of Michigan is going to go. Thanks, Paul, for talking to us. Okay, thank you, Carrie. Take care. You too. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran with help from Tad Davis. Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman are our executive producers and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Trumbull and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you like the show, please like and subscribe, share it, um, and we'll see you next week.